sure at some point or another you have either experienced or have given the silent treatment. Right? You make this comment to a friend and you get nothing. You might even get that look where they want you to know that you're getting the silent treatment, but they're not going to tell you. Maybe you should have texted somebody, you get nothing in response. And apparently on Snapchat it's called, you left someone on red when you don't respond to what they sent you. You want, you want them to know that you're there, they did something. And so when you experience that, you're like, oh gosh, what did I do? So you kind of go back through your last couple of encounters with that person, try to re-examine, like, did I do anything wrong? Silent treatment kind of it gives us that effect of like we go and intentionally examine, all right, what, what did I do in the past, right? The first reading from Malachi, kind of like it has, when we put it in the context, it kind of gets this feel of a silent treatment. So what happens in Malachi is that the people of Israel were exiled. They were basically held slaves. They were freed and they were allowed to come back to the, their, to the Holy Land. They rebuilt the temple, which had been destroyed. They began practicing their, their faith again, which they had been forbidden to do. And all was going well until eventually they kind of slipped out. They, they fell back. They stopped worshiping at the temple. They forgot what God had done for them. They forgot how God had led them. They slipped up. So God sends Malachi to remind them, to call them back. And Malachi is actually the last one of the prophets. So after Malachi comes, there's 500 years of silence from God. God sends Malachi to, get to say, speak this word, and then he's silent for 500 years, basically until Jesus, until Angel Gabriel comes to, to, to Zechariah, John the Baptist, Mary, and Jesus. So this is the last thing that God speaks to his people in the Old Testament. I think it gives us a particular emphasis, right? He's meaning for this to have a particular importance for the people of Israel to remember this thing that's supposed to sustain them for 500 years. This is what Malachi tells them. The very first, we don't hear this in the first reading, but the first thing that Malachi tells the people of Israel is that I love you, says the Lord. It all starts there. The love the Lord has for each one of us in particular. That's the one thing we can never forget. The one thing that can never slip our mind, the one thing that we can't lose sight of, I love you, says the Lord. Don't forget that. And Malachi calls the people of Israel back to, the, to, to what they, they were called to do. Remember all the things that have happened to you. Remember the whole reason why you came back from exile in the first place. Remember why you're here, why you come to worship in the first place. Don't forget. And also don't forget what's coming. The first reading we heard was kind of this ominous kind of um, pro prophecy of the end times, right? Where everything's going to be set on fire. Everything's going to be destroyed. There won't be stubble left. Don't forget the love. Don't forget everything that I've done for you. And don't forget what's coming. The purpose of everything that, that, that was given to you is directed towards that relationship. Don't forget that. And then that silence for 500 years. And what we hear Jesus speak in the gospel today is actually kind of a similar exhortation, right? The people have fallen away, although in a different kind of way. Instead of forgetting about the temple and abandoning the temple, people are almost obsessed with it. So much so that they've forgotten the whole purpose of why the temple exists in the first place. They're telling Jesus, look at, look at all these beautiful stones that the temple's adorned with. Look at how pretty and ornate and grand this building is. 
while forgetting about why the building exists in the first place. Forgetting what the whole purpose of all of that is. And so as the people are telling Jesus this, he tells them, it's all going to be destroyed. It's all going to be wiped out. And that's a big deal for them because that's the heart of their entire life, the temple. It's like me coming here and saying, St. Thomas is going to be leveled to the ground. The Vatican is going to be destroyed. The heart of spiritual worship for, for us, in a sense, is going to be gone. And he tells us, in the midst of, of the panic that that would understandably cause, he says, don't worry about any of the things that are going to happen. All these things have to take place. But don't worry. I'm going to provide you exactly what you need when you need it. And he ends with a very important line. By your perseverance, you will secure your lives. By persevering in these truths, by not forgetting them, but persevering in them, reminding yourself of that again and again and again, you secure your lives. You secure your salvation by living in that truth that I came to speak to you, to, to, came to speak to you. Now, you might think that you know, maybe after Jesus spoke that, right, that people would finally get it. No. I can only speak for myself that I forget every single day. I fall back every single day. I forget these foundations. I forget the reason of why I do what I do almost constantly. Again and again and again. And a lot of times it's not that I set out to be malicious. I like There's not a malicious intent there, right? I don't wake up saying... I'm going to turn away from God today. I'm going to seek what I want to do instead of what the Lord's inviting me to do. But a lot of times, it just begins, honestly, with just me being lazy. Right? I just kind of make excuses for myself. I kind of let little things slide and slip and slip, and then before I know it, I'm way further off the path than I ever intended to be. Not because I intended it, but because that little that little sin of sloth, that vice of sloth, kind of sneakily works its way in there and pulls us further and further away, almost without us, without us knowing it. And I think that's a little bit of a harder struggle for us to enter into. And that's exactly what St. Paul's talking about in the second reading. See, the people, they had just gotten lazy, to be honest. They were, they were idle. They weren't doing their work. They were kind of mooching off of each other. And no one was really taking ownership of, of what they were doing. And St. Paul kind of tries to call them the task. He says, if you're not going to work, you're not going to eat. Which is true both physically and spiritually. Like if you're not going to provide for yourself, you're not going to just get a handout. You have to work and earn for the food that you're going to eat. And that's true in our spiritual life too. To get our spiritual food, we have to put forth the effort. We have to put forth the work. We have to persevere and what the Lord's inviting us to, and by that, we secure our lives. I think sloth is a tendency that we're kind of all particularly prone to falling into. I think for a couple reasons. Number one, we're pretty comfortable people. We have, we have pretty easy lives, so to speak. We're used to having things ready immediately for us. At a moment's notice, we got it. We don't like to kind of work for, for the things that we want. This culture of this internet streaming and downloading and Netflix and Hulu and add Disney Plus to the mix. There you can block out a whole Thanksgiving break and get maybe a quarter of the way through all the things that you want to watch, right? It's all just very easy. 
And when we have to actually work for things, we kind of either procrastinate, put it off as far as we can, or just kind of avoid it altogether, just kind of pretend it's not there. If I just don't think about it, it's going to get done, right? So there's that route. But then also there's kind of the other side of the coin, where I make myself so busy, I'm doing so many things, I'm going from thing to thing to thing to thing, to trying to accomplish a to-do list, trying to get through the agenda, through the calendar, that I'm not really, I don't really think about what I'm doing anymore. I'm just doing things to get things done. And I make myself so busy, and I drain myself so much, that I get to a point where I just can't help but veg out in front of a screen. I get myself to this point where I'm just, I, I, I give myself so completely that I, I can't really give myself to what I'm doing because I'm not treating myself correct. I'm not letting myself recreate well. It's ironic. Either the laziness, the procrastination, the avoiding the work, the comfortability, or I'm so busy that I am just make myself prone to giving in to that sin of sloth. Either one, though, we open ourselves up to just that, for even just for a moment, forgetting why we're doing what we're doing. Forgetting what the Lord calls us to. Forgetting what's coming, which Jesus and Malachi put before us. And what that looks like is that maybe times we just kind of despair. We kind of get discouraged, we lose hope at all the things we have to do or all the things that I'm not doing. I kind of lose the sight of like, why am I even doing this? This feeling of kind of, I'm not satisfied with where I'm at. This feeling that the grass is always greener on the other side. I'm always looking for something new, something different. Something to kind of satisfy, keep, keep things interesting, right? Those are all kind of side effects or symptoms of, of this lifestyle, this vice of sloth. And what we do is our, we open ourselves up to sliding back in even worse ways. I think about the story of King David. He committed adultery with Bathsheba and eventually had her husband killed to kind of cover it up and to take her in marriage, right? But he didn't wake up thinking, I'm going to commit adultery today and kill someone today. What the scripture says is that the people were at war, and instead of doing what a king should do and leading his people in war, he sent someone else in his place. And David slept all day long. And he said he woke up in the evening after sleeping all day. And that's what opened him up to that worse sin. Sloth is oftentimes a stepping stone to something a lot worse. So by cutting off that, we cut ourselves off from a lot worse things that could possibly happen by being intentional with what I'm doing. So in the face of that battle, in the face of the struggle in the face of the unsatisfaction, the difficulty, the, the proneness that we have to just kind of being lazy, all three readings are inviting us to the exact same thing, to be diligent in what we're doing. Because by that diligent perseverance, we secure our lives. Concretely, what does that look like? I think a, a good practice, you may have heard the phrase, being present to the present moment. If I'm able to approach every situation really believing that the Lord has something for me in that moment, really believing that nothing happens to me by happenstance, nothing happens by coincidence, nothing happens just by circumstance, 
everything is a gift that the Lord has given to me to reveal himself to, to me a little bit more. Being present to that. Approaching every situation thinking, gosh, I wish I was over there. I wish I was talking to this person. I wish I was doing this thing. I wish I didn't have this quality. Instead of kind of living in all these fantasy lands, being present to the moment the Lord has placed you in, right there, right here, right now. And saying, Lord, in this moment, what are you trying to reveal to me? Because he is. Every moment the Lord has something to reveal to you, to speak to you. And the more we're present to that, the more we're intentional about this is why I'm doing what I'm doing to see what the Lord is speaking to me, we cut ourselves off from that tendency we have to just kind of lose sight of that, to get a little bit lazy, to let ourselves slip, usually into something much worse. Or, ironically, on the other hand, am I keeping myself so busy that I can't even do that? Am I draining myself so much that I can't approach each moment with that because I'm already distracted with the next thing that I have to do. It's important that we have appropriate and recreative leisure time. We have to give ourselves the rest and the recovery so that we can approach the things that we need to approach fully with our entire hearts and with our entire minds. Sleep is important. Giving ourselves needed rest is important. It's something I think the Lord invites us to examine today. How do I approach each and every moment that the Lord places before me? Am I going from thing to thing to thing to thing, or am I avoiding the situation altogether and not giving myself intentionally to this present moment the Lord places in front of me? How does this, this vice of sloth tend to manifest itself in my life? And what can I do to take it to, to, to correct that? How can I be more diligent in my perseverance? Because Jesus said, by that perseverance, we will secure our lives. How are we going to allow ourselves to see what he's speaking to us in every single moment?